Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-hosts. We have J-Mac and Jordan all on the show today. Super excited to get this episode out for you guys. We're going to be recapping all that went down in minicamp, everything that we learned, the biggest takeaways, the biggest stories, headlines, all the news from injuries to who was balling out in minicamp. Minicamp wrapped up yesterday on Thursday, June 15th. So now the Broncos will get a bit of a break, about a six-week break until they can head into a mid to late July's uh, training camp, annual training camp here in 2023. With that being said, before we jump into all that and more Broncos related, J-Mac and Jordan, how are you guys doing, man? It's great to have all three of us on the show. Doing good, man. I'm just ready to kind of jump into it and take off, but other than that, I'll be doing good, man. Man, we're about to hit a real dead period right now. I mean, it's gonna things are looking rough, but uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Nuggets won their championship, so I'm fine. Absolutely. Absolutely happy for the city of Denver, even if you're not a Nuggets fan. And um, yeah, you're right. This It's that period where re- really all we have is uh, baseball and baseball is like I no disrespect to the baseball fans out there, but I can't really enjoy baseball unless I'm going to a game in person. That's just kind of where I'm at. He's got to show off the Marlins hat. My White Sox. Absolutely. <laughs> They do not know how to close out any games. Um, have absolutely no hope for them. I'm just going to enjoy that 2005 year while I can um, for like the last, I don't know how many years. But any all that aside, great to hear you guys are doing well. Let's go ahead and jump into all this uh, Broncos minicamp stuff. Um, starting off with day one on June 13th. We learned a lot, actually. It was kind of the day that um, it was the day for the offense to kind of get their their uh, their shine, their flowers. Um, so, not a lot, obviously, Sean Payton letting get out from the media. But from what we did learn is that offense, like I mentioned, was moving the ball very, very well against the defense on day one. Um, great to hear from the offense and how how they're getting things going. Um, I know a lot of people are hearing about how the defense balled out on day two, but it's kind of overshadowing how well the offense did on day one. Um, Albert O., who we've you know spoken to lengths about on this podcast, he actually balled out on day one, had multiple deep catches. Um, according to a lot of reports, he was just like having a really really good day with Russell Wilson and all the other and the other quarterbacks as well. So, um, J Mac Jordan, how are you feeling about the offense and how they performed day one and how we can kind of look forward with this uh, heading into training camp? Um, and then Albert O as well. Like, how do you guys think? We, I know all three of us, I believe, predicted to him not to make the 53 man roster. I, I don't know if one of us did predict, but how are you guys feeling about the offense and Albert O moving forward in training camp? Uh, I mean, I was kind of like the offense on day one. I mean, it was kind of odd. You know, they, um, Sean Payton talked about the penalties. I don't know if that was too much on the offensive side or the defensive side, but it's not really a good thing to hear. And Alberto was just a complete shock. Um, it's kind of weird, you know, but, um, I kind of brought up in the last episode, you know, it's a like everybody kind of has to prove themselves. Like everything you've done in the past doesn't really matter that much. It's a new coaching staff, a new culture, it's new ownership and everything like that. So it's it's everybody's trying out, essentially, like you got to earn your spot on the team. Pretty sure Alberto is not worried about what happened in this past season, the season before. He's just looking to impress the new coaches and make a spot on his team. I mean, it's looking like he's doing well. So and they, they said with multiple deep catches, too. So that's a good way to, you know, impress the coaches making big plays um, against mm-hmm. really good defense. So um, it was a shocker. I mean, he could make the team. I mean, I know we brought in Trotman, but. I mean, you never know. You, you never know who can win that job. Albert O could, if he keeps playing the way he is, he, he might end up taking a drop in spot. Yeah, and with Albert O, I mean, I think if if he really shows out uh, during minicamp and also training camp soon, I mean, that's going to be one less problem for the Broncos, right? He's going to solve the problem that we have at tight end. And uh, hopefully 
he continues to play well. Uh, the more he plays well, I think him and Greg Dosich can actually be a really good combo together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if Alvaro keeps on playing like that, maybe he can be like another Joker-type role that Sean Payton mentioned with uh, Dosich. So we'll see. Yep. Yeah, last year we, we were having quite a bit of issues, um, you know, with him being healthy scratches and not performing expectations with the drops and everything. Is there a chance that we're kind of underestimating Albert O heading into the season with more experience with Russell Wilson and then having Sean Payton um, and uh, I can't remember the new tight ends coach, um, Declan Doyle. Yeah, Declan Doyle. Um, so getting him, obviously, a young coach can potentially be very, um, you know, uh, good and, you know, be able to relate to a young guy like that um, who has experience in the league. So um, that could potentially be huge for uh, Albert O this early in his career. Yeah, and uh, I was just talking about this yesterday when I was on TikTok Live with uh, Trav, and we were talking about how, like, he kind of just fell off, but like maybe Hackett has something to do with, you know, just the drop off on him, like him being healthy scratches, not being like not participating, like not getting called on for game days. Like, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that speaks a lot more than just what you're doing on the field that the coach is saying that, you know, you're not good enough to just, you know, be be a backup, you know, or essentially a third string. So I, I think Hackett had a lot to do with that. Um, I think this year, though, like I said, new coaching staff, he's going to have to prove himself again. And I mean, the way he's looking, if he does make the team, I'm all here for it, just as long as he can fix the drops. But I think once, you know, he gets a, a rhythm in the offense, the drops can be fixed. Yeah, with Albert O, I think he he gives uh, the offense, like, another layer to, yeah. like, another wrinkle because you can also also put him out wide, you know? I mean, yeah, you can. he's that, you know, he's mm -hmm. that speedy, he's that good. Um, they, they just need to unlock that, that, that potential out of him, and hopefully Sean Payne continues to do that. Yeah, I don't think any of us would be mad about having another uh, athletic, fast tight end that, you know, breaks out in this offense, uh, you know, along with Greg Dulcich. Yeah, um, day one was also kind of – it was actually kind of funny because it came off that Pastor Tan was getting punt return work. Now, I had no idea that Pastor Tan was somewhere of a punt returner. I, I, I don't know if he was one in college or uh, high school. I didn't really do too much work cool. on it. I just thought it was – I thought it was crazy. But I did see the former special teams coach, uh, Dwayne Stook, said that when he was there, it was absolutely idiotic to put past her 10 in that punt returner. And I, I, I hate to do this, but I have to agree with him. I think it's kind of insane. I think that we're talking about arguably the best corner in the league. I mean, it was different when they went with Antonio Camardi. He was a good corner, but you could risk him putting – you know you could risk putting him there. It was the worth the risk. But, I mean, with past our 10, I mean, it's just – it's – I don't know if I would do it. He's too much of a, pe a valuable piece of our defense to put him out there for extra plays. You know, it's like special teams, especially, you know, it's just, it's too big of a risk. I wouldn't do it. I don't think it would be a smart decision. I mean, I feel like you bring in Tremont Smith and you draft in Montreal, Washington to kind of avoid this. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I wouldn't put our best corner at um, punt returner, especially it being past our tan. Like, I don't think that's a smart decision. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And also, I mean, with all the health issues that we've been dealing with for the yeah. last few years, I think that's the last thing we want to, you know, you know, do or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, we brought in players for, for punt return and kick return. I think that's a great point that you mentioned. I mean, people like even like Marvin Mims back there, I mean, can also help in that aspect. So I think uh, I know he was on the, the McAfee show yesterday talking about mm -hmm. yeah. uh, him with the punt returner. And obviously Pac-Man Jones was a, was one of the great punt returners yeah. in the game too. And, uh, you know, they'll like to see him out there. But as a Broncos fan and stuff like that, I mean, I think it's uh, in our best interest that he just uh, plays that corner role. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Sean Payton said he would serve as an emergency returner and not really looking at him for the starting job. But if, you know, with our, like Joy mentioned, our injury issues, he could end, end up being thrown out there. But from what we're hearing in the reports, it looks like that's kind of where the, where the way they're already going through uh, with minicamp uh, wrapping up. So what we learned kind of is that, you know, Sertan did really, really well in that job. Um, so apparently how it went down and uh, you brought up, you know, uh, Patrick Sertan on the Pat McAfee show. So he said Coach Payton asked the team, uh, like in a meeting or whatever, who can return punts? Like it was just as simple as that. And, you know, PS2 said he thought back to his days in high school where he did really well as a returner and he basically just volunteered. And uh, he started getting putt return like literally right away immediately and started like playing really, really well. So apparently Sean Payton is really uh, satisfied and okay with making that move. Um, I know you, uh, J Mac, you mentioned about, you know, Antonio Cromartie and a lot of star players and, NFL history who were great at the respective positions but you know the team also threw him out there as a returner in recent years we've seen teams definitely lean away from that we saw Antonio Brown a few years ago returning punts and being really good at it but then they ended up as he became the best receiver in the NFL they kind of backed away from it same thing yeah. with Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill was yep. the best returner in the league and then they ended up backing away from it just to you know not risk those injuries yeah I Tyreek Hill, I think I don't think they leaned away from it. I think Tyreek Hill kept muffing muffing kicks, so they were just like, "Okay, we're gonna oh, not really? put you there." Yeah, now he was muffing a lot of kicks, but yeah, I mean, like the trend with it, like you said, Pac-Man Jones, Jordan, like Pac-Man Jones was a was a good corner, but he wasn't as valuable as you know Sertan. Like I just feel like you got to look at it from like a like if he like it's different from offensive players. Like offensive players they used to taking hits, you know, things like that. Defensive players are the ones giving hits. It's different when you know you're you're gonna risk your best corner, arguably and arguably the best corner in the league going out there. Yeah. Guys are running full speed trying to hit them. It's just I don't know if that's the smartest decision. I understand it's for emergency, but I mean we have too many guys on this roster like that can go out there and do it. I mean, even KJ yeah, Hamler can be you want to talk about emergency, put KJ Hamler at emergency. I don't think Pastor Tan. I mean, it's a fun idea. Like, I can see people doing it on Madden, but like not nah, <laughs> you can't risk that, man. That's just that's crazy. You can't risk that. Yep. It also depends on like how many people they're really getting in this work. Like I would be mad if they're getting Patrick Tertan more work than they're giving Montrell, uh, KJ, Lil Jordan Humphrey, like those guys. Like I'll be mad if yeah. they're giving him more reps. Um, so it, it really depends. I you know we can't really bash Sean Payton for this too much because we don't really know who's getting the the max amount of reps. Maybe Pastor Tan literally just got like a few catches and we're just over proportioning this. We we really don't know with all the the information that we have. You know that we've been kind of given and it's really been just a lack of uh, different things we've been able to get out of minicamp. But with what we're hearing, I will say though, I'm really like, I'm really motivated by our star corner being able to throw his body on the line and kind of be that returner for us. He was on the Pat McAfee show saying that, you know, Pat McAfee kept saying, you're going to fair catch it, right? Like you're not going to really try to risk anything. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, if I, I'm not going to be out there for no reason. Like I want to make plays. I want to make an impact on the field in any way that I can. He also talked about that in the defense where he, he wants to, line up in the inside and match up with Travis Kelsey and other other star tight ends and slot receivers in the NFL. So I, I love everything that he's bringing in year three, man. He is like showing that, you know, I just had an all pro season and I want to go out here and do even better. I want to have an impact on the entire defense. But at the same time, the def the injuries, man, we we cannot I will like be extremely mad if we ended up our our star uh, corner cornerback easily the best corner in the NFL ends up getting injured because we are asking him to do too much. Um, so um, that's that's where I stand. I think we all uh, agree with that. Yeah. So for day one, I mean, I didn't really you know 
like all the things that happened day one, but I know we talked about it really in our, one of our previous episodes about Baron Browning. I think that was the, my biggest takeaway and stuff that the news that came out with Baron Browning and stuff. I mean, and obviously Frank Clark coming in right after with the news break. Mm -hmm. uh, I really thought Baron Browning was uh, on his way to, you know, a healthy offseason stuff. And then just to get that news out of nowhere, it seemed like was uh was quite disappointing um happy that we uh signed frank clark uh and we may be looking for another edge or defensive end type player but uh yeah the baron browning news was my biggest takeaway day one and just disappointing yeah i mean me and amir talked about it uh yesterday i think it was that you know it's just like with baron browning man it's the potential is there but if you like the best ability is availability and when you're not here it's i mean it sucks, honestly. I mean, but I think, I mean, I think Frank Clark's gonna end up starting. I think Man Browner is gonna have just another year where he's a rotational player. I don't know if he's gonna get that starting job back. It, re it really just depends. But um, I think it's, I mean, it's tough. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, hopefully, Man Browner can be back somewhere within between, you know, still early in the season. But it doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah, I was bless you. I was really hoping the biggest um, for uh, Baron Browning, and it just feels like ranches keep being thrown in his path to being a star in the NFL. And it's constantly the injuries. Last year, the wrist injuries, um, and then this year, it's the it's the knee injuries, and that's going to be a really tough injury to you know, come back from a, yeah. a partially torn meniscus. Uh, people have people have gone through that injury and gone through that same surgery, and it takes months for them to return back to anywhere close to what they were. So. It it just sucks, man. It looks it looks like I would my bold prediction is like Frank Clark's probably gonna be like the starter for a good portion of the twenty twenty three season until we can even see Baron Brown and come back as like the full time starter. Yeah. Um so uh, my next takeaway, and it's not really a takeaway. I just thought this was really cool to hear. Tim Patrick says he is living with wide receiver KJ Hamler, and they are kind of going through uh, the the rehab process together. I thought that was a little kind of uh, heartwarming to see them, you know, going through the same situation and kind of uplift each other. KJ Hamler, we've spoke to links on this podcast about how he's gone through so much mentally and personally. So to have a guy like, um, you know, KJ Hamler living with him, we saw it with Calvin Anderson and Garrett Bowles last year. Um, now it's our two wide receivers. Um, this will be huge, not only for Tim Patrick, but for KJ as well. Tim Patrick, basically a lock to make this 53-man uh, roster, obviously. Uh, so to have a guy like that mentoring you as well for, on KJ Hamler's part, uh, that's got to be huge for him battling for a roster spot this offseason. Yeah, I agree. It's a very – it's it's actually crazy when you think about it that, like, you know, they're willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like most you know, most guys who are just – most guys won't do this, and it, it's yeah. – it's pretty incredible, honestly. I mean, but that that's the thing with this team. You kind of saw it at, like, the end of last season, them come together and just be a brotherhood. Like, when they all came out and, you know, supported Russ and, uh, so, like, supported the team as a whole, the offense, like, we're going to fix it together. I mean, you just – I mean, we've already seen it from the team that how close they are. And just from the – you can just tell from the people that we've had on this podcast, the stories that they tell us and everything, that everybody on the team is pretty much close. You know, they've been together for probably – it's been kind of the same core for, like, the last two to three years. So they've had a chance to grow together and really form connections. So I wasn't too much surprised to hear about it. I was just like – I mean, everybody's close on this team, man. So Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. I mean, it's pretty cool to see – uh and just to you know make it short and sweet you know these guys you know like you said j mac have been together for a long time and uh so they're gonna make things sweeter uh when uh they reach the uh, ultimate goal together so yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And what we've seen with the, the Nuggets, um, this this championship run, we saw a lot of family together. Everybody was family. We saw uh, Mike Malone, um, Jokic, Murray, everybody. You could tell that they're really close. The chemistry is huge. Like, and the NFL is a team sport. Like, if one person messes up, the entire team messes up. So, um, you everybody has to get together. It has to be a family bond, chemistry. Everything has to be on point because if it's not, you're going to see a sputters of what you saw last year where everything felt so awkward. Like I'm not saying it was because of that, but everything felt like it wasn't gelling. It just wasn't right. Like not everybody was not on the same page. Simply, simply put, I don't think it was because anybody's skill sets. I feel like it was because the people were just not on the same page of play calling. Then obviously injuries played a factor. Like you have guys that were, were didn't really get much first team reps in the off season. Then they come in and everything is kind of you're kind of just jittering around trying to figure everything out find your identity with these new guys that are on the field when really you weren't, weren't preparing for that at all and i love that sean payton is able uh being able to adjust and adjust accordingly to these these situations yeah um the next thing i kind of want to take away from day one was um the penalties and i'm glad that sean payton kind of brought it up he, he said it was too many flies at practice today and that the number of penalties are going to change and they're going to work on it. I think that's something that the Broncos did not do going into the season last year. I mean, we were the, I think we were the most penalized team this year. Um, the penalties are bad, man. It was just false starts, holdings, pass interferences, um, just a whole bunch of like nonsense. You can just tell the, the bad coaching, like it was stuff that can easily be fixed in practice or the stuff that you fixed before the season. And I'm glad that Sean Payton made that a point of emphasis and that he called out his team, the team, you know, like it was a lot of penalties today and that it's going to change. Like, and I, I'm glad that he's going to go in there and fix it because like, I mean, that's part of winning too. If you go out there and you have seven penalties for 101 yards, I mean, you're probably most likely not going to win that game and you can't win Super Bowls like that. You're not going to win a lot of, games against good teams like that and the Broncos play some pretty good teams uh this this upcoming season so um yeah I I I really love that Sean Payton brought that up man it's because we we can't do that again because last year was terrible so I'm glad you brought that up because that was my that was my uh last takeaway from day one too I mean it seemed like Payton was talking to the team through the the presser yeah he was making it making it known yeah that 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 day it was not good and I'm glad that it just seems like we have an adult in the room at this point and like last year. And there's no disrespect to Nathaniel Hackett. It was his, his first year as a head coach and stuff like that. So he's going to learn. But Sean Payne knows what he's doing. You see veteran coaches like Mike Tomlin and other Mike Vrabel do stuff like this in the media when they don't have a good practice and they kind of just rip the team apart, make it known to the team. So stuff like this is, I think, very good. And, yeah, like you said, the penalties uh, need to come down a lot this year for us to be uh, very successful. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say Marquez Callaway, we saw this with him a few days ago uh for OTAs. He um Sean Payne basically said straight up to the media and I was kind of shocked that he said this. He said, you know, Callaway came into OTAs a little a little heavier over what they wanted. So, um he's just like making it very known, asserting, you know, his uh his stance on everything, letting them know that you know, we're not where where we want to be right now, but we're going to make our improvements and we're going to get this thing right. Um, he, he's basically, I, I like that he's saying that he's not leaking too much, but at the same time, he's like basically speaking to the players through the media. I thought that was a really good point you brought up, Jordan. Um, so uh, that that was the recap for uh, day one. So day two, uh, 
the first day went to the offense, but day two went to the defense. Apparently, the defense absolutely feasted, according to multiple multiple reports. Um, several players looked outstanding, including Justin Simmons, uh, linebackers Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, and Seth Benson. All the linebackers like at, apparently just went crazy on day two. We're getting a lot of love, and then cornerback Jaquan McMillan made some absolute noise and was has been making noise all of uh, all of OTAs rookie mini or um. Yeah, all of OTAs and minicamp just playing really, really well. What we're hearing, um, so those are the like the biggest uh, players and a takeaway from like day two of uh, minicamp. Just the defense absolutely balling out in the second and third levels. Oh yeah, for me, day two it had to be Jonathan Cooper. I mean, I've always been kind of a Jonathan Cooper fan a little bit. The former seventh round pick. I mean, he's found a way to make the team over since he's been in the league, and that's very surprising. Um, but I wasn't really surprised. I mean, it seems like every time he gets an opportunity, he goes out there and makes plays, gets constant pressure, and he just does enough to, you know, keep staying on the field and keep being in the rotation. So, I mean, it was kind of good. It was kind of good to hear the team talk about him and just, you know, say that he was doing great things because in the edge room where everybody keeps saying we got to add an edge and add an edge here, you know, it's just it's glad to see that the, the, some of the guys deeper in the roster are performing at a high level. So. Yeah, so like players like Jonathan Cooper and some of the middle linebackers, if we have those guys step up during the season, it's again, it's one less issue that we have to worry about and adding to that position or depth and st stuff like that. So hearing these guys doing good in the in main camp and stuff like that is very encouraging. And I think uh, more media and fans should be talking about it because going into the offseason, it was, hey, we need to add depth here at this position, at this position. But we're having those guys uh, play good. It's uh, – so one less issue to to our problems. Absolutely, um, you uh, Seth Benson. I mean, we could talk. We could talk a little bit about him. He apparently is obviously the rookie undrafted free uh, undrafted free agent signed as a linebacker. Um, just playing really, really well. Apparently, um, guys like uh, Jonas Griffith. Um, and, and those players in the back half of the roster, uh, Justin Cernan as well, um, they're going to have to definitely earn their spot because a guy like Seth Benson, the young Iowa linebacker, is definitely making some noise. And then uh, we had Delonte Hood on the show. Uh, he, him, Jaquan McMillan, those guys are battling for like the end. Art Green as well are battling for that last cornerback spot. That's a really, really good battle for that last uh, corner spot. Um, three really, really uh, talented guys with some uh, high upside, if you will. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so my next point, um, let's go ahead and start off with uh, staying on the, uh, going over to the offensive side of the ball, actually. Uh, wide receiver Cortland Sun and running back Jaleel McLaughlin um, were, apparently had a really, really good uh, day two practice of minicamp. Um, it looks like it's going to be a three-way competition um, and a good one between uh, McLaughlin, Tyler Beatty, and Tony Jones Jr., the former Saints uh, running back for Sean Payton. Um, what do you guys think about that three-way competition and uh, Cortland Sun making a lot, a lot of noise? Uh, the, and this is off-season's activities? Um, I mean, for me, I'll say I'm not really surprised. I mean, I think we talked about it when he had a big day at OTAs or something like that, and they were saying that Cortland Sun looked really well. I mean, Cortland Sun always looks great in the off-season. I mean, it's ever since he's been a Bronco, almost they've talked about the big plays he's making. It's not surprising. Um, I'll just say that I think him especially, I think him and Russ have are like they went to last season with a good connection. That was really because Tim Patrick got hurt, so he worked with Sutton a little bit more. I would still like to see that, you know, going into this season. I mean, you saw, you know, Corlin said he's looking at what Mike, Michael Thomas tapes, going over some of the routes and stuff, because I'm pretty sure Sean Payton's going to give him more of a little bit that role, um, give him some of those routes and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, man, and uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, I was surprised because I was actually shocked that we cut the running back we signed. I think his name was uh, Jaquiz Patrick, the one we got from the XFL. Yeah. 
yeah, I was surprised that we cut him because they were saying he was killing it too. And then next thing you know, that we released him. So, I mean, it, it's that that running back three spot is still kind of up. I know it's Sean Payton might have promised it to Tony Jones and stuff like that, but I still think it's up for grabs. And I think you're going to see all like all these running backs kind of fight for it towards the end of this. So, I'm not really at all surprised by any of it. Yeah. With Cortland Sutton, I mean, we. He, we always get these type of like news breaks, you know, during the mini camps with Sutton and stuff. But I think this year's a little bit different. I, and it's just, you know, it may be just my opinion, but I feel like under Peyton, uh, I think it's a, a little bit more that's uh, into the tea leaves of saying that he's having a good mini camp. Uh, you know, he's like you said, J Mac, he's going through the Michael Thomas tape, stuff like that. And I think he might have like a similar role t- towards that. And I think he's going to thrive under it. So I think it's a little bit different when people are saying that he's having a, a great mini camp. And, uh, man, I just think Peyton and, and this offense, I think everyone's going to be a little different. So that's why I'm holding in high regards. Yeah, and all the reports that we're seeing is like he looks like, like he looks a lot very explosive and just different as opposed to the previous years. We haven't really seen like an explosive Cortland Sutton. So um, I'm really excited to see that. And then Jaleel McLaughlin, I have to agree with you guys. He's really, really shocking me. I thought Tyler I thought Tyler Beatty or Tony Jones Jr. would be like having this in the bag right now. But the rookie undrafted free agent out of Youngstown State is making some noise. So um, that will certainly be a very interesting to see thing to see the last uh, undrafted free uh, free agent running back we had was uh philip Lindsay. he definitely uh made some made some good time with uh making the 53 man roster two straight thousand yard seasons and a pro bowl so um jordan uh what else did you uh tell the people what else you learned from day two of uh broncos minicamp so i have a, a list of things that happened on day two that i tweeted and i, I honestly i think day two is the best out of the three uh days uh, just in my opinion. And uh, Sean Payne actually brought up in the press that there was a minor uh, scuffle that happened and things got chippy. And, you know, those are things that I like to hear. Uh, you know, I think last year there was a little stuff towards the end of training camp, I believe. But uh, I think this early into mini camp, you know, those are things to like. And uh, I think the other big takeaway would be uh, Russ was uh, working in the middle of the field pretty good under the new offense and Sean Payton. I know Russ has been uh, criticized for not being able to throw the ball down the middle of the field. But under Peyton, you know, Drew Brees was uh, exceptional in throwing down the middle of the field. And there's even games last year that Russ did really good throwing down the middle of the field. So uh, I just think he's going to get even better. And uh, for that to be known as one of the biggest takeaways in day two, I think it's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say no. I mean, it's it's good that he's he's working well with it because last year, you know, you saw kind of time and time again, you know, he wasn't looking at his reads right in front of him, like you know, in the middle of the field, right in front of him. We saw it in in pretty pretty good number of games last year. Um, but I think Sean Payton is gonna make it easy. I mean, if you watch any of the Saints' offense, you saw the throws Drew Brees would make. It was you know similar to those. He made it easy for Drew. Just move the sticks, dink and dunk it, kind of keep moving. Um, I think it, I think it'll be a little different, but not too much different. I don't think it's going to be exactly like New Orleans. I think it's going to it's going to be a little bit more creative. Um, but I think I think Russell get better at it. I think all it is is just looking at reads instead of looking at the sideline or constantly looking deep down the field for the big play. Just take what the defense gives you right in front of you. Um, but I think Russell fix it, man. He, he's a great player, great quarterback experience. He'll fix it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to agree. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Like the middle of the field is going to be huge and very instrumental in what Sean Payne does offensively, judging off what he's done in the past schematically. schematically. So um, Russell Wilson, um, he's definitely he struggled a little bit there in the middle of the field. Um, he kind of I've seen him excel a lot outside the numbers, but not to say that he can't you know work the middle of the field well under Sean Payton. I know Sean Payton has definitely made his quarterbacks look elite in that aspect. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, Sean, you know, Drew Brees or excuse me, uh, Russell Wilson being a short quarterback like Drew Brees. Um, he obviously it's kind of a, hard, a little bit hard for him to see that part of the field if, if, easier if he's rolling out to his right or left. But um, like Drew Brees, he is also a little bit on the shorter side. So um, we'll definitely see how uh, they look in that aspect. Um, I'm really excited to see what Russell Wilson does in Sean Payne's offense because um, the last few years they've kind of tried to even last year heck you try to work him into that pocket kind of quarterback and um, even you know we're, we keep talking about how we want to see Russell or Russell Wilson might look at a lot how uh, Drew Brees looked in New Orleans but maybe maybe Sean Payne does a little bit more of what you know Russell Wilson did better in uh, Seattle you know maybe he might th- sprinkle some of that in that little uh, middle of the field action intermediate game with his, his uh, receivers especially Cortland Sun does that really well but i'm really excited to see how he can roll out and uh you know kind of you know dot some uh you know passes out outside the numbers and uh bootleg play action so um definitely excited to see how sean payton uses him in that aspect uh one of my uh, other big big takeaways from day two of broncos minicamp uh there apparently there's a big scuffle involving multiple players from the offense and defensive side of the ball um this obviously we can wrap this up quick because we really don't know too much that went around it um apparently there is like i mentioned a lot of guys from the defense and offense got into it sean payton talked about how it's a very competitive nature like people are battling for jobs that are on their line like some guys don't even know if they're going to be on the team in a, a few weeks or even a few months so um a lot of these guys it's the their future that they're banking on and if it's a very it's going to get very chippy out there um very aggressive very competitive so it's very understandable it's the guys that they want it man they want it and i'm honestly i'm not even mad by to hear uh, hear this news coming out of broncos minicamp yeah and i'll say i'm not really surprised um we kind of seen this you know in, in the past off season and even the joint practices with teams like the cowboys and the vikings that broncos always seem to get chippy and the Broncos always seem to, you know, bring the intensity, especially on, especially the defense. So, I mean, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that, you know, they're disinvested in it, that they're that they're like this fired up this early because most teams are just taking it easy. You know what I'm saying? Just getting in the workouts and getting the rhythm back for the season. But it seems like we're we're ready to go, man. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, and that that's what good coaching does. Sean Payton is he's bringing that intensity. Like, come on, you guys, season right around the corner. It's time to turn this thing around quick. So. I'm glad that, you know, I'm actually glad to hear news like that, though. I'm glad to hear that they're getting into it a little bit, man. I'm glad. Yeah, this is something you hear, like, towards the end of training camp. Yeah. We're hearing, we're hearing during mini camp. So, again, like how I said, I, I like it. I like how we're hearing it early. And uh, it's for sure not a bad thing. You know, there's people on social media saying thinking it's a bad thing. It's not. You know, these are the competitive nature of these guys. I mean, if anything, you guys should like it. Uh, so, yeah, Sean Payton, this is what Sean Payton does. He can bring it out of you. Yeah, I've seen people saying the the new coach can't doesn't have his team under control. The guys yeah. are the guys are <laughs> in out of their what whatever it is. Just people yeah, like, fans talking, man, fans talking. They, I mean, one thing that kind of really stood out to me, like uh, another thing was I guess Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, it was kind of weird to say he had a thumb injury that Sean Payton brought it up and then said that he's going to be fine. You know, most people don't really bring it up if, he, you know, the player is going to be fine. Um, but I think he will be. I don't think I, I don't see the Broncos bringing in another running back. I know we've talked about Dalvin Cook so much, but it's looking more and more likely that he doesn't end up in Denver, especially with the contract that he wants. Um, 
yeah, I don't really see them bringing in another guy unless, you know, the thumb and the, or the hand injury, whichever one it is, you know, just continues to linger on deeper into the offseason and just deeper, you know, into these next few weeks and stuff like that if it just continues to linger, which I don't think it will. Um, about Javante, um, they said Javante is still kind of dealing with some things, but I think he'll be ready for the start of the year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Samaje will be fine. I think Sean Payton is just kind of trying to keep everybody updated a little bit. Yeah, like on the Javante thing, like I'm, I'm just happy he's even out there. He's on the field. He's doing his stuff. So, I mean, just like that, I'm fine with. With the P. Ryan stuff, I mean, it doesn't seem like Payton was too worried. Uh, I don't think this is something we should, you know, really, you know, dive into, even though it was, it, it was a big takeaway because I think it caught everyone by surprise, uh, especially, you know, Payton the other day was talking about how, you know, the health was something that was progressing and he made it like a big vocal point. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- these are, you know, little nagging injuries that, that may happen during mini camp and mm-hmm. most likely during training camp. So, you know, it's not really, you know, like a Hackett or a Matt LaFleur type training camp, like, well, we're going to just get through it without no injuries. You're going to mm-hmm. have to get some physicality in there and get some pad level in there. Cause, uh, by the time the season comes, you need to be ready week one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and everything that I'm hearing right now, um, Sean Payne is like making it very hard for him to inform any or for the media to be informed of any injuries, any specifics of what is going on. He's kind of being very vague about stuff. And honestly, you got a lot of people don't even know this, but Marvin Mims and Drew Sanders were have been going through injuries sideline. like the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been sidelined with injuries. So um, he's just very he's being very, very quiet about a lot of stuff. Uh, the, so the to me, how I'm thinking about it, maybe maybe you guys don't think about it this way, but I feel like the injury is not serious at all or like very very minor because he brought it up because i feel like if he if it was serious he would have been like oh it's you probably would have brushed it off oh it's just uh you know it's not that big of an issue like he's probably wouldn't even talk about it at all unless yeah. someone brought it up so um i feel like it's not big of an issue he actually was out there on day three of uh, broncos mini camp uh full participant so um i don't think it's going to be really of an issue uh at all yeah it's just a thumb injury so i'm, I'm sure he'll get he'll i'm I'm not too sure which hand it is, but uh, depending on which hand, uh, that could you know depend on the severity. But in my opinion, I don't I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. And then uh, Javante Williams, I like that you brought that up, J Mac. Uh, Sean Payton is said, saying that he's really really impressed and uh, you know very pleased with the, the progress that J- Javante is making. Um, saying that he looks really good out there uh, and just saying that, you know, the progress that he's making is making him very encouraged, um, you know, to see him at full capacity, uh, you know, in the coming months. Uh, so, and to say that he's doing really, really well, Champagne doesn't have to come out and say that. So uh, that is very, very, uh, you know, em- encouraging to hear for uh, our running back one, uh, certainly. Yeah. And then to your yeah. point here uh, with the injuries and stuff and Champagne mentioning it in his pressers, I mean, every single one that he's listed, it seems like it's been minor to your point. He mentioned Jerry Judy had a little nagging uh, injury. I think it was in his thigh or something. Yeah. He got banged up. I think the next day he was like a full participant. So it wasn't exactly. really anything. the P. Ryan stuff, the Javante stuff. I mean, it looks like whenever he does mention it, it's something that fans and the media shouldn't worry about at all. So that's a good point. Yeah. He's, he's not giving the media anything to run with. That's the biggest thing. Like, he's being very secret. I, I don't want to say secretive, but, like, he's just being smart about everything. Like, he doesn't want to get too much noise out there. Everybody's, oh, the Broncos are dealing with all these injuries again, and the Broncos are having issues, and he's just not giving anything with the yeah. aiming anything to the media to run with. Um, I know we're cert- we're kind of a part of the media, essentially. Um, so, Sean, Sean, Coach Payne, we're not going to run with anything, man. You can you tell us not playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up Marvin Mims and Drew Sanders because um, Sean Payton didn't really seem worried. Um, 
he said, I, he said, I think they're both really, real sharp mentally. We have real good glimpses of them and they're quickly, you know, they're quickly healing. I don't, I mean, they're rookies, you know, I, I think, um, I don't think he's really too worried about them. I think, you know, they're probably getting hazed and everything like that. I mean, they're rookies, there's no telling what they're going through, but I think the injuries will be fine. I don't think it's too much. Like you said, I don't think Sean Payton is going to give us too much to, you know, to worry about and speculate, but I think, I think if there was a really big injury, we would hear about it. And I just think, yeah, like Jordan said, everything's just minor and just, you know, hearsay injuries. So, but the rookies too, they've been through combine, they've been through their own workouts, yeah. they've been through mm-hmm. many rookie camp, yeah. many camps. So, I mean, they, they've been going through some stuff. So, it's probably just a little nagging injuries. From day two, all I have is, uh, you know, there's something I like, uh, something we bring up on Predominantly Orange in the chat. With you know future head coaches and uh, Sean Payne said that there's a lot of future head coaches on, on the staff, which is something I like. Yeah. And as Joseph even brought up uh, defensive back coach Christian Parker, and that he's a star and stuff, and how how well he's been. So you know stuff like that, I, I like to take away and you know things that I think is pretty good. Yeah, um, if I had to bring up anything else, it was just you know Sean Payton did say he likes where the team is with their conditioning. Um, you know Zach Stevens, shout out to him. He put out um, a tweet saying that the Broncos didn't sign any tryout players. Yeah, that that's was, true. You know, and we tried out a lot of guys too. Um, and, and all the stuff on Kareem Jackson about while he's back, you know, he wanted to see this thing through. You know, he gave Sean Payton a lot of praise. Um, and that he thinks the team can be special and re-sign it wasn't all about the money, which you know we kind of all expected if he got brought back, it wasn't going to be too much about the money. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just that's that's pretty much it uh, for me. That's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Um. So apparently, uh, according to Zach Segan, uh, Stevens, uh, Brandy Bullock did not win the kicking competition. This obviously him not being signed. Uh, we we could come some with uh some surprise news in the coming uh, hours or days, but I highly doubt it. So it looks like Ali Fry. Uh, he he won his first kicking competition, and he will get probably another in training camp most likely. Um. Also, another thing that I took away is uh. I believe uh, Jordan, you guys probably picked this up, picked up on this, but uh, when he was asked about like signing free agents and like looking in a specific position groups to look in, and especially kick uh, kicker as well, he really didn't shut down the idea of like signing more free agents. He actually yeah. was like kind of uh, mm-hmm. moved by it, saying that he uh, he had a meeting. I believe it was on Wednesday or Thursday night, um, talking about. Um, he basically had a meeting with everybody in the front office to address all the holes and little holes in their position groups and how they feel like they need to add more uh, players heading into training camp. And according to Zach Stevens, he's, Stevens, he said, don't be surprised if the Broncos signed multiple uh, free agents and even some uh, big names are still uh, potential possibilities heading into training camp. Yeah, um, yeah, I was reading that too. He, he says Sean Payton and George Payton have made it very clear this offseason, including Sean today, that the Broncos are continuing to look to add talent to the roster, expect many more signings before week one. Now, this was kind of surprising um, because, I mean, the team low-key looks, you know, looks like it's set and established, barring any injury. They replaced Baron Browning pretty quickly. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised, but it just goes to show you the fire in Sean Payton. He wants to win. Like, you know what I'm saying? If he can see any little Im- chance of improvement at a position, he's going to strike first. And he's going to make a move to improve it. And George Payton's the same way, man. George Payton's a very aggressive GM. I- I'll give him that. That's why I love him. Not afraid to make a trade. Not afraid to make a move. Um, but I was actually kind of surprised to hear it, man. This, around this time, you think, you know, everybody, you know, they're going to be – they still got to fight for their jobs. But you just think kind of – I don't know, man, maybe closer towards I would I wouldn't say now in this period. I would say if there's anybody, you know, a timetable to look to see to add more talent, I would say maybe closer to preseason, maybe training camp when injuries start to happen. But I don't know. It's it's surprising to hear, man. I will say that it's surprising. I think that's a perfect segue into day three when uh, Sean Payton, uh, you know, 
I know day three, there were a lot of great questions uh, from the media. I'll just say that. But uh, one of the questions were about, you know, adding to the personnel and stuff like that and saying that, you know, he had that meeting and talking about personnel and that, you know, where, where they're thin at with, with some positions and stuff like that. So I think wanting to always add depth into some positions where they're thin, like Peyton said, I think it's always key. And, you know, he's not just, you know, content where, where the team's at. There is one thing I want to bring up from Patrick Sertan being on a Pat McAfee show. Um, when I was watching it, it caught my eye too, but Zach Stevens did quote it. Um, like they they asked him like, like that him and Christian Parker and Vance Joseph, um, they talked about him playing outside and inside. Yeah. Um, specifically about Travis McAfee. So you're talking about Travis Kelsey. He said, yeah, just matching up the field in a way that, help, that helps the defense and helps me impact. This was kind of surprising. You don't really see a guy like Sertan kind of playing uh, inside, but I'm all here for it. And I think um, Vance Joseph, and I'm glad people keep, I'm glad they keep talking about uh, Christian Parker because I want him to have a, a voice and a say in this defense because, I mean, he was a big part of it last year and we saw how well we did. Um, I mean, I, I would love it, man. I, it looks like Sertan is going to be matching up against the team's best target, team's best target every season. It doesn't matter if it's tight ends, man. You want to eliminate the threat on the field, so I'm not really surprised to hear it. Depending yeah. on depending on how the defense does, maybe Vance Joseph gets another head coaching opportunity the next season, and then we're going to have a vacant D.C., and that may be when Christian Parker, you know, comes in and uh, does his work because we, are, we already know Christian Parker has been getting praised a lot. In Denver for it looks like now many years. So uh, it's just, yeah, I'm just great. It's great to hear that you know he's still being brought up, especially by Peyton stuff. Yeah, the Broncos have potentially a really, really elite in-house potential pro promotion, uh, even this next year because we Vance Joseph. I want to say he really feels like a, like a bridge kind of DC, but at the same time, I don't really see him being here long term. If that makes sense, with the options available last uh, this this off season, I've said it multiple times. Like he, there wasn't really much to go off of. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's kind of you know it's strange that you know Vance Joseph continues to bring up him, you know. Christian Parker because most coaches and coordinators when they come in you know they they kind of isolate themselves you know a little bit I mean they bring in their assistant coaches but not too much and it, it's great to hear that he's giving them praise bringing them up and I'm, I'm just glad that he has a voice like because me and Amir we, we talked about it plenty, plenty of times that bringing back some of the old schemes of the defense that we ran last year and that Christian Parker was a big part of that and he knows you know somewhat of whatever I used to run you know, obviously being right alongside him. So I'm glad that he's just getting the voice, man. Honestly, I'm glad because Vance Joseph could have easily just said, I'm going to come in here and run my defense, you know, the defense I'm used to running, um, my scheme, going to go in there and change everything. But it looks like it's going to be similar. So, yeah. Well, that is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. That was all that we learned from minicamp, our biggest takeaways, everything that we learned, um, all the biggest news with injuries and whatnot. We are headed officially uh, towards training camp in late July. Um, I still don't know if I'm going or not. That will be really interesting to have some coverage, uh, you know, in person. Uh, that will be uh, really fun. Um, Jordan, I know uh, J-Mac, me and him have already talked about Jordan. We would have to talk about that as well. Um, that would be uh, definitely some interesting stuff. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. If you guys are listening over there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys follow leave a five-star rating and uh, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. But with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. Until the next one, peace. peace.